but it's also up to you to heal those internal wounds and to heal your triggers so that you're not so reactive to these situations. And nervous system regulation is just a great way to do that because when you can tap into, you know, activating that parasympathetic nervous response and calming that part of you that needs to be calm, it allows you to respond to situations from such a more grounded place where you can see things more objectively rather than from a place of just pure emotion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Same Podcast, a place to heal for those who feel the same. This podcast is hosted by Sarah Locks and me, Audrey Brothers, and we're so excited that you're here so we can dive into all things nervous system, mental health, relationships, spirituality, and everything to help you evolve in this journey of life to help you improve who you are and become the best version of yourself. So, Today, we're going to dive into all things in relation to relationships and how to identify whether a relationship is good for your nervous system or not. We're going to talk about how the mind creates all of these stories about, you know, how to navigate specific situations that can lead you to pursue the wrong path or avoid specific paths in life. And we're also going to talk about how the ego can tell us to leave specific situations out of a sense of urgency and really create this rush of adrenaline that can lead us down the wrong path. And we're going to kind of just branch off all of these topics and dive into them deeper throughout the episode, but we're so excited that you're here. So let's dive on in and start learning and growing together. We're really going to be, I feel like, laying it out on the table, like today. I feel like this is the second episode that we are doing together, and I literally feel like we're just laying everything that's happened for the last week in our lives just completely out on the table. And I'm excited to get into it because it's, you know, as much as I am nervous system all the way, and both nervous system and relationships go hand in hand, this is definitely going to probably be more of like a relationship-esque type of episode just because of, like you said, the ego and versus like intuition, you know, what person is right for you in your life, what person is not right for you in your life. And like, it doesn't matter if you're single or in a relationship, it's all just one wild ride. And so I think maybe where we could start is you telling us just how you're doing in life. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Does that answer it? Just that initial reaction of... It sounded (laughs) evil. (laughs) I mean, yeah, kind of. No, this last couple weeks have been a journey. Um, For those of you who are new here, I have been inching slowly back into the dating world after coming out of a eight your relationship and it's just been an interesting journey trying to navigate new relationships, new personalities, new bodily sensations that you experience around new people because everything's kind of energy in this life, right? And we're going to spend time with people who are going to really kind of stimulate our nervous system in a good or bad way. They're going to cause a reaction within us to feel at ease, to feel safe, to feel calm, to feel reassured and supported. Then there's going to be other people that completely trigger our nervous system and kind of push us in a different direction that can lead to stomach aches, mental confusion, nausea, uh, anxiety, and all of these other emotional, physical, and spiritual symptoms, if you will. 
And for me, over the past few weeks, months actually, I have noticed a difference between the people that I've been spending my life or my time with in this world of dating. Um, the last person I was dating completely destroyed my nervous system. <laughs> and it was not something I was prepared for. It was very new for me. And I really want to talk about that because I think a lot of people look at passion and think it's this really great thing, but it's actually kind of anxiety. It's your body kind of saying no to something because it's just causing this big emotional reaction within yourself and completely disrupting your nervous system. And so for me, for example, I was dating this kid for several months, uh, not anything exclusive, but we were just hanging out. And right off the bat, it was passion. It was chemistry. There was sparks. There was butterflies. And it was very new for me because I came from an eight-year relationship where it was always kind of this plateaued feeling. You know, it never was hot or cold. It was never anything in extremely intense. It always felt, you know, relatively the same. But it felt safe, right? I was very comfortable with my ex. And so with this new person, it was just a complete shock. I had never experienced so much passion, so much chemistry, so much you know, vitality between two people and just so much intensity. And this also just destroyed me because what I thought was really exciting, what I thought was love, turned out to be just anxiety. It was just not serving me. It turned out that I ended up having stomach aches every time I was hanging out with this person. I dealt with a lot of mental confusion that led to just endless bouts of anxiety, insomnia, bloating, um, you know, IBS symptoms. I just had all of these different symptoms that I'd never experienced before happen. And I, at first, thought it was this really good thing. Like, I thought all this passion was awesome and I thought my body was just, like, not used to it. And so I kind of overlooked it. I was like, oh, it's, like, no big deal. I just need to ride it out and, like, maybe it'll, you know, soften over time. But in reality, it got louder. It got louder to this point where I was completely disregarding all of these physical sensations that were, in fact, my body telling me that I, I was not safe, that it was I needed to run, essentially. And it's not that this person was bad. They didn't, they weren't like abusive in any way, but they weren't good for my nervous system, whether it's for right now or for forever. It was just my body trying to communicate something to me that my mind could not comprehend at the time. And I think that's super important because we often overlook and disregard these gut feelings that we have in relationships when we meet someone new because it doesn't make logical, rational sense at the time. So we're like, mm, I have this gut feeling, but like it doesn't make any sense. So I'm just going to ignore it. And we listen to the mind and the mind saying, oh, like stick around, see where it goes, like and comes up with all these reasons to stay. And that's what happened for me. I just came up with all of these reasons to disregard that inner knowing that I had that it was either not the right time, it was too soon, this person's not for me or whatever it may be. And it really just fucked me up for several months. And I was dealing with so much anxiety that I'd never experienced before. And now he and I are no longer talking. We ended on good terms. There's no bad blood or anything like that. But now I'm kind of talking to this new guy. 
And I feel incredibly safe with this new person. My nervous system is completely at ease. I feel emotionally supported around him. I feel physically comfortable around this person. And I just feel so much different than I did with the last person. And I want to emphasize that the last person I dated did absolutely nothing wrong. It wasn't anything about him specifically. It's just, it it was my body saying no. Like it's just rejecting the situation for whatever reason. It's not up to me to decide what it meant, but to just rather listen to it and see where listening to it will take me. And it led me to this new person who makes me feel super supported and at ease and calm and relaxed. Like I've sleep soundly throughout the night when I, you know, have sleepovers with him. Whereas with the other guy, I'd have insomnia all the time. Um, my stomach feels calm around this person, whereas the last person it did not. And it's so it's just interesting when you are navigating relationships, romantic or platonic, that your body will communicate to you in so many endless ways, trying to push you in a direction or avoid a specific direction. And it's just important that you take time to slow down and recognize what it is that your body's trying to communicate to you without getting the mind involved because the mind's really going to tell you to just ignore that that vo that voice of the gut. But the body can process things so much fucking faster than the mind can. So if you can really slow down and just listen to what your body's saying in specific situations, it's really going to help you navigate every area of your life better. And anyways, I just feel like it's it's interesting going from one one relationship that was super tumultuous, super passionate, all of these sparks and chemistries to a relationship where it's not as hot and steamy, but I feel so much more grounded in this new relationship than I did in the last. And I think there's a huge lesson here for people to learn that passion and chemistry are not where it's at half the time. Usually that's your nervous system responding to something that, again, your mind cannot fully process in the moment. And so it's more important to seek out safety, stability, and comfort rather than sparks and chemistry and passion because they're two completely different things. And also, when you find someone who makes you feel safe, you can create that relationship that has passion over time rather than getting it super quickly, you know, right when you meet, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like that's where a lot of, like, ego comes in, too, especially because I feel as though it's so natural for humans to want to have that passion and to be able to, like, you know, we always, I was just... uh watching uh inside out the movie last night love that um, movie. with my yeah i've never seen it and so i was like oh my god i'm obsessed and i love that i'm watching this at this point in my life but they were going to like the her like imagination town town or wherever and this like dude like comes out of nowhere and they're like who's that guy and they're like oh that's her imaginary boyfriend and it was like this like hot and steamy dude like it was like so yes. funny but it I feel like it's so normal for us to want to listen to our egos and to be like, no, that's what I want in this moment. That's what I want in this moment. And I feel like it ends up just clouding our judgment on like underneath all of it is where you'll find your intuition. It's like your intuition is there, but because your ego is like, no, we want this because like this dude's hot or like this dude has whatever thing that we really are attracted to. But it's like in the grand scheme of what you're actually aligned with and what's actually meant for you. Um, it just gets so clouded over the ego. And I feel like that's what was kind of happening 
um, in some way, shape or form with the first guy that you were talking to. Whereas like now I feel like you're able to really slow down, be present and like actually just think about like what you want and like what you want, not just for right now, but what you also want for the future, where I feel like you were thinking very much like in the right now with the first guy, whereas this new guy is very much like, I can now think clearly a little bit more, understand myself more or get the chance to understand myself more and what I want because this guy makes me feel safe. And when we feel safe, we're able to actually make or start to like understand what it is that we actually want. Yeah, hundred percent. Because when you feel that safety and that comfort and that stability in any kind of relationship, it creates the foundation to have deeper conversations where you can be like, you know what, I'm actually really seeking this. I'm needing this. I want this. Let's work on that together. Whereas when you start off and it's super passionate and intense and there's a lot of chemistry, it can create space for things to blow out of proportion because there's so much energy between the two of you that's what's creating this chemistry right it's an it's an energetic emotional reaction that you're having but with this other person that can amplify things so things can get misconstrued it could lead to bigger fights it can lead to miscommunication whereas if you build a relationship with someone or find a relationship with someone where you feel calm at the get-go you might also feel a sense of boredom almost because it's like too calm it's too mellow it's too comfortable but that also means that your nervous system is feeling safe and that's your body communicating to you like yes this is how you're meant to feel you're meant to feel calm and grounded and safe and secure and so when you feel grounded and secure and all of these wonderful things you're, it creates a foundation to expand upon. Whereas if it's super hot and steamy or whatever, it, it kind of is harder to expand off that because there's just almost too much energy that needs to go somewhere and it can go in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I mean, talk about wrong direction. Like my, so I'm going to get into like what happened to me over the last week, which was just a wild ride in itself. And I'm honestly sure a lot of people can relate to this story. So just to give you a little bit of context of where this was all coming from. So I was at a bachelorette party weekend situation in New York City, uh, probably two weekends ago. And I'm a very social person. And I could I always say like, you could put a water bottle in front of me, I'll have a conversation with it and probably make it laugh. Like I, that's just the kind of person that I am. (laughs) You know, I was with my friends all weekend. We were having an awesome time. We all haven't been to New York City in a really long time. And uh, I was meeting a bunch of people and like just getting to know other people that I would like run into or meet at the bar or whoever. And then I had came home that Sunday and I just remember feeling, I like don't even really remember the initial feeling, but I just remember thinking to myself, because in college, so like I'm 26 now turning 27 in a couple weeks in college, I just remember like, I was always known for the person who was social and could meet people and love creating connections. And my ego, like now that I'm looking back, like, and can actually look at this from a calm state, my ego was very much like, whoa, like you haven't been like that, or you haven't like been out to the bar and like met new people and talked to people and socialized like that. And so long. And I've been in my relationship with my boyfriend for four years now. And, uh, I started to really think about this thought process of like meeting new people and like socializing and like getting out and like 
my boyfriend is 31 today. And, you know, he's, he's already went through all of that. He's had his time out at the bar socializing. He's, he too is a social person and all of that. But I started to get myself down into this thought process of, okay, well, I want to go out and socialize. I feel like I haven't really done that or like lived up to that true version of myself in quite some time has to be probably because I'm in a relationship. And then I started to pick apart all these things that I was thinking were wrong with my relationship. And well, there's this and there's that. And like, when I tell you it's, it felt like my, like when you see like a drawing or of like the outline of like a head and it's like squiggles in the brain, like that's literally what my brain felt like. And it just felt so compact and it was eating me alive for like three days. And I was like, maybe I just need to wait till the dust settles to like understand what's going on. The dust literally like wasn't settling. And I kept having this thought process of like, I have to get out of my relationship. Like my relationship is like, if like, I can't do this if I'm in this relationship, like I can't go to the bar and meet people and go do what I want. And looking at how that sounds now, it sounds like, well, wait a second. Obviously we need to like, the puzzle isn't fully together right now. Like let's break this down. But I wasn't capable of doing that because I was in such fight or flight. And so Audrey being the person that she is, was doing her apps. She was on X games mode, trying to get me to see an objective opinion from someone who wasn't in the situation themselves. Um, and so it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I need to sit down and I need to have a conversation. I need to get this out of my head. I have to talk to my boyfriend about it. And at first I was like, he's probably just going to tell me. So then I started going into like, all right, I'm probably going to be single this week. This isn't going to go the way that I want it to. All of this is happening for a reason. He's probably going to tell me to fuck off or he's probably going to tell me that he doesn't see what I'm seeing. Like I just started to literally think of like all the negatives in a relationship as if any relationship is supposed to be rainbows and butterflies all the time. And so when I had this conversation with my boyfriend, I immediately felt so much better because I felt like everything that was in my head went out of my head. He responded in a way that I did not think he was going to be able to like, I really was like convinced myself he's just going to leave or tell me to get out. And he was the most responsive human being, most emotionally mature person in that moment. And I felt like when I got that, it just brought my nervous system to a place of safety where I was like, oh my God, everything that my ego has been trying to tell me for the last three to four days has been so cluttering the idea of like what's actually in front of me right now and what can actually be built. And then like other things came up where I was like, we never really had relationship check-ins, which is ironic because in our first episode, we were like, yeah, do relationship check-ins. I think I literally was the person who freaking said that. Mm -hmm. um, that's hilarious. Um, but anyways, we were able to navigate this in such a mature way together that I can confidently say now, it being like a week later, the dust has definitely settled. I obviously it's still fresh and new because that was like really stressful when you're like, I've been with someone for four years and I don't know what the hell is happening in this next 24 hours of having this conversation. But after we had that conversation, we could navigate it together intuitively. I'm like, that was the best decision that we could have made. Like, I'm so grateful that if I had listened to my ego, I probably would have left and I probably would have been thinking of all the what ifs and, you know, a lot of ways we think that the grass is greener on the other side, but sometimes the grass is greener where you water it. And so I think knowing that there was so much good in the relationship still that I was just getting clouded by all this judgment and all of these thoughts, 
that I just couldn't see what was right in front of me. And so anyways, that's like a whole other way to just recognize, like, is your ego telling you this or is your intuition telling you this? And like, like I said, right now, I feel like my intuition is like, you absolutely made the right choice. Communication is always key um, when it comes to having these thoughts. But yeah, so it's, it's so crazy how your ego can literally make you believe that something is wrong when nothing is actually wrong. Uh, it's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, ego's our own worst enemy, right? And it's interesting too, because what I kept saying to you when we were kind of diving into all of this over the past week, just you and I, and this, this is beneficial for everyone, is to not take, to not put all the focus on your boyfriend or the experiences you had in New York and to bring the focus back onto you. Because ultimately it's not about your actual external relationships or these external experiences. It's about Sarah. It's about you and the relationship you have with yourself. So what is it that you need in this moment? What is it that you need in your relationship with Mike? What is it that you need in your other relationships? What is it you need in your like daily life? You know, your overall well-being from a holistic standpoint is made up of 12 different areas. I'm not going to go into all of all of them, but just to bring, like to explain some there's your physical health, your um your diet, your finances, your relationships, your social life, your education and so on and so forth. And so this experience that you have could have been showing you, you know, hey, it's time for you to spice up your social life or hey it's time for you to have a hard conversation with your partner about where you're at to fix your intimate relationship and i think that's the beauty of moments like that because they really just put things into perspective right and you know ultimately it's never about the experiences that you're having it's about you and your perception of those experiences and what you can do to make the changes in your own internal world to experience those changes in your external world so in that moment that entire experience was telling you or teaching you or showing you or nudging you to have that conversation with your partner to be like hey things seem a little off track here what can we do about it and you listen to it despite how tumultuous this past week has been for you and you know overwhelming and all this mental confusion but you had that hard conversation despite all the fear despite everything your ego was saying was going to happen and it changed things for the better and so i think it's really important too to differentiate anxiety and your ego versus your intuition there is a fine line though, and I know this just from personal experience, is that when you are going through a tough time, and I was actually working with a client on this yesterday, sometimes your intuition can manifest as, as anxiety. It doesn't mean that you have to run, right? It doesn't mean you have to like leave where your job, your relationship, where you're living. It doesn't mean you have to completely abandoned ship, which is usually what anxiety is trying to tell us to do. It's like abort, abort, abort. So like this loud siren that happens. But sometimes that anxiety can be your intuition trying to get you to make a change, whether it's to leave the relationship, to leave your job, or to have a hard conversation or put yourself out there in a new way. There's such a difference in my mind. Like, your anxiety is going to come from this place of fear or like the ego is going to speak from a voice of fear, whereas your intuition is going to be like, 
let's slow down. Let's actually like evaluate what's at play here. And it can create feelings of anxiety, but there's such a fucking difference between the two from an outside perspective. Like just for example, when I was going through my breakup with my ex, you know, a year ago at this point, there was a lot of anxiety that came forth that was telling me to run, essentially. It was like, it's time to leave. It wasn't like to, like scaring me, but it was overwhelming, right? It was this overpowering sensation that I just couldn't avoid. And ultimately, I realized that that was my intuition communicating with me. And it's different for everyone. But my point is like my intuition gave me those sensations of anxiety to get me to make a change in my life that I had avoiding that I had been avoiding for such a long time. And for you, your intuition may have also created those feelings of anxiety within you to make you have that hard conversation, right? Yeah, and I was literally just going to say that I have a really hard time having hard conversations with people. It definitely again stems to childhood and that's like a whole different can of worms but I was so like I don't want to bring this up because I'm gonna then be I, I think I was saying this to you I was like I'm gonna be bawling my eyes out and I'm probably gonna be so depressed and I'm probably going to have like I was just thinking of all these negative things that were going to be popping up into my head had I have this conversation and what I realized was yeah like I think overall overall the entire purpose of my intuition was to nudge me to have that hard conversation. And I'll tell you what, I've been saying that it literally felt like a spiritual journey the whole time. Like that moment, even up until right now, I feel like it was one of the most spiritual growing moments because it made me realize that I am so capable of having hard conversations. I am so capable of being able to navigate with another human being and also that other human beings can also respond in an emotionally mature way and that not everybody is projecting their shit and not everybody's gonna hate you for making a decision for yourself or speaking up for yourself and there were just so many i felt like it almost healed so many inner child parts of myself just being able to get the courage to be able to speak up for what I was feeling and being able to put aside my ego being like, but you're going to hurt the other person or, you know, what are they going to do? Or they can't handle it, but you can like all of these things that are just aren't true. And I said to Mike, I said, I feel like sometimes when I meet people, I'll just like grab them by the shoulder and be like, going on a spiritual awakening journey. Like, let's do this. Like, I feel like that's just what I do. And I feel like you can relate to that too, because when you're so self-aware about like your own shit, you just start to think that like, you know what the other person's thinking and then you try to like bring it up. To, I don't know. It's like this whole thing. Um, but I definitely feel like, yeah, my intuition really just was a spiritual awakening moment for me and Mike to grow together, be able to navigate this, but to also realize we can have hard, hard conversations. And like, yeah, it, it was really just an eye opening moment. And uh, looking back and it's so funny because Today, I was actually just thinking about, and when I was watching Inside Out last night, when they were like doing all the going through her childhood and her growing up, I was like, I could really see like that being like me and Mike. Like I, and I haven't felt that like from all last week. And then I had that moment of like clarity of like, oh my God, like I can definitely 
get on back on board and seeing this again, you know, like in this like rebuilding regrowth stage that him and I are in. And it's just like these little moments where I just feel like intuitively feel really good and in alignment. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love that this entire experience helped you and Mike grow collectively but also individually and that you came out of it with so much more clarity because like it could have gone in two directions right and neither of those directions would have been bad yes they would have one may have been more painful than the other if you did choose to leave the relationship but ultimately they're both paths where you're going to grow both individually and you know together um and you said something too about all of those what if thoughts that the ego created within your mind that were preventing you from having these hard conversations where you were like you know what if he reacts this way or like what if something bad happens because he can't handle it or whatever it may be and this is such a common thing that us humans deal with is that we tell ourselves these narratives where we foster this guilt or this shame about wanting to speak our truth that it prevents us from actually having those hard conversations or leaving a relationship or leaving a job or whatever it may be because we tell ourselves all of these things that are like well what if I do leave like what's going to happen to them or you know, what if I have this hard conversation with this person and then they leave? Or what if they can't live without me? Or like, what if they can't move on? And what if they become depressed? Or, you know, so on and so forth. And right now I'm kind of speaking more about a breakup, I guess, in that sense. But it could be applied to anything, right? It's just fostering that guilt about having those difficult conversations or making that difficult choice to leave something that may no longer serve you and this again can be related to anything because this the ego creates all of these stories and ultimately it's not the event that's triggering us it's not a breakup it's not the conversation it's not the experiences in new york that are the problem it's the thoughts that we tell ourselves around the event and we start telling ourselves all of these things. We start thinking all of these things that make us act a specific way, right? Like thoughts create feelings, which then create emotions, which then create actions because we're responding to how we're feeling and we act out because of it. A big thing that I'm kind of taking away from all of this as we're talking about this is how when we go down these paths and foster all of these not-so-serving narratives about relationships or change or whatever it may be having difficult conversations it's important that we slow down and we ask ourselves you know what is it costing me to believe this narrative what is it costing me to believe this story that i'm telling right for you you were holding on to all of these thoughts and fears of like what if i tell mike my truth and he he leaves me like what if he tells me to fuck off or kicks me out or whatever it may be and We've all had those thoughts, right? Whether it's about having a hard conversation with a friend or leaving a relationship, wanting to quit our job or just anything in life, we have those what if thoughts. But ultimately, we have to think about what are these thoughts costing me? And usually it's costing you your peace, right? It's costing you your own sanity and your own groundedness because you're getting lost in these narratives that are not even reality. <laughs> You're, we get lost in these 
thoughts that are just our imagination conjuring up all of these alternative realities that have not actually happened. So we are acting out of a future imagined perceived reaction that could be real or not. And I think it's important that when we're going through something like this and we're fostering all of these narratives and these stories that we have to slow down and think about, all right, if I want a specific result, what do I need to change? What do I need to start believing? What do I need to start telling myself? So if you wanted a specific result in your relationship, you had to start thinking the opposite. You had to start saying, you know what? What if it turns out better than I could? it could possibly turn out? What if Mike responds in a better manner? What if, you know, this conversation changes the way that we interact as a couple and grow as a couple or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think it's important that when we start going down that rabbit hole of having all of those negative what if thoughts or those thoughts that pertain to so much guilt and shame and fear that we one, slow down and reflect on how are these thoughts serving me? What are they doing to me? How, like, what is it costing me to foster these thoughts? And then two, kind of think about what is the end result we want from whatever situation we're thinking about. You know, usually when we have all these thoughts, there's some event that's occurred or going to occur. And we have to think about, all right, what is the result that we want? And so from there, think about what thoughts and actions are in alignment with that outcome and then kind of change the way that you're thinking about it to be more neutral or more positive than negative. Yeah. And that everything that you were saying, I just want to like bounce off of in terms of something that I have really been thinking about. And I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this is that typically when we are in a situation and we respond a certain way or if we get triggered or if we react a certain way, chances are it's probably an older version of ourselves that we are responding through. And just to bring it back to the conversation that I had to have with Mike was I had to actually take a step back, like you were saying, and recognize that a lot of the fear and a lot of the ways that I was reacting and responding and choosing to do was a result of a younger version of me that was present. And like, I literally, when I learned this and it makes so much sense to me personally that whenever I get reactive or get triggered, I ask myself who's present, which version of me is present right now. And like for another example of this was, so one of Mike's coworkers at work, he has an addictive personality and he is someone who loved dipping at work. Now, this is a baseball facility where kids were ages like 10 to like 23 are there. And so for me, and this was something where he was very open about like, I'm not stopping doing this. Like I'm going to do this and I will literally work outside. Like it's, it's a whole story. But I remember when I was like there and I had seen him do this and then Mike would come home and be like, we told him to stop. And then the next day I would see him do it again. What I had to recognize, I didn't recognize this at first, but what I had recognized later on was that a younger version of me where my dad was an alcoholic and I, my mom said all the time, like I would like throw out his cigarettes or I would like empty the alcohol bottles, or I would literally grab his shirt and scream at him and be like, why can't you stop? Like you're ruining things. Like you're literally ruining things not to like make this conversation dark, but 
what I had to recognize afterwards, because I literally got so upset that I went up to him and I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, and, and like this literally like talk about not fearing a conversation. Like I literally was like, are you fucking serious? You're in a group filled with 10 year olds. Like they're going to see that they look up to you. How fucking dare you? I literally popped off. And I remember leaving after that conversation a couple months ago. And I felt so upset with myself because I was like, that just didn't feel like me. That didn't feel like who I present adult Sarah was. And I ended up talking to the energetic healer that I am still working with. And she was like, an old version of you had come up. And that was the version of you that was responding. Now, like, obviously, that's not an excuse because it's our job to reparent those parts of ourselves. But it was after that moment that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, when I am in a relationship with someone or when I'm creating new friendships or when I am with my friends and they do something or say something or with my family and they trigger me, I have to start learning how to take a step back, go inwards and say what who's present right now and being able to like actually visualize going in and sitting with that version of myself whether it was 25 year old me from last year or four year old me from when i was younger and being able to sit with them and say what do you need right now and just going in and being able to sit with that version and like give them a hug or maybe they need to cry and actually listening because that's how you start to close those you know cycles those gaps and where you'll start to notice you're getting less triggered because you've made amends with those versions of yourselves that we've let alone for so long and just to also continue branching out onto that i saw a video on tiktok yesterday of this lady saying how relationships are so hard because not when you get into a relationship with someone or when you meet someone it's not just you and them right it's not just for example it's not just sarah and audrey it is all the younger past versions of Audrey and it is all the younger past versions of Sarah, right? And so maybe there are times where we don't see eye to eye or maybe we trigger one another in this friendship or whatever. And it's hard because, you know, for you and I, we're lucky enough that we have a relationship where you are actively working on those versions of yourself as am I. But it's hard when you're in a relationship with people and you meet new people because not everybody's on that same page, right? And so I just think that it's something that changed my life. And like, if you find yourself getting triggered or reactive with your significant other or in a friendship or when you're meeting new people or whatever it is with your family, it's like going in and asking yourself, like, who's present right now? Um, And then being able to like reparent yourself or, or reparent those parts so that you can actually live in that higher alignment with who you are and what you want out of this life and who you want to be surrounded by. You actually touched upon this in a previous podcast episode i think it was before we started co-hosting you just came on um advice my friends ignored but you were talking about in the past how when you are going through a challenging situation when navigating anxiety you kind of stepped back and you're like you know do i want to operate from my ego and let this situation kind of control me or do i want to operate from my higher self and if so how would my higher self be responding in this situation versus how would my ego be responding in this situation that's kind of just what you were elaborating to is slowing down and recognizing which part of you is showing up in the moment usually it's our ego when we're having that strong emotional reaction or a lot of these strong overpowering mental thoughts it's usually our ego because it's all of these past patterns all of these past conditioned thoughts habits experiences you name it that are 
presenting themselves and projecting themselves out on our to onto our reality. And it's evoking this emotional mental response. And when we do this, we just kind of succumb to it because it's so overbearing because we didn't acknowledge it the first time it happened, which could have been 10, 20 years ago. And so when it keeps showing up, it kind of almost gets like stronger and stronger until we can slow down and like kind of detach from it and step into that place of our higher self, right? That's more objective, more loving, more peaceful, more grounded and being like, what do you need? What does this version of your ego right now need from this moment? Kind of like you said, and offering yourself whatever it is that's coming up. Usually, like, usually I've, I've recognized too from my own experiences, a lot of the times when I'm angry, I just like, there's like underlying guilt. Like it's guilt that's manifested as anger or shame that's manifested as anger. So I just need to like slow down and give myself love and acceptance and compassion because we think that one emotion is that's it like this is what it is it's, it, you know anger's anger sadness is sadness but usually if you peel back the layers it's actually a lot deeper yeah yeah i agree and like so i'm actually in this and this is just like a side note of nervous system that i'm just going to throw in there and you know take what resonates leave what doesn't but one of the things that she was saying was because a lot of the people that are in this nervous system regulation course were saying that they experience a lot of just intrusive thoughts. Like they don't even have to be dark, but even just ones of like, I'm going to run out of money or like this person doesn't love me or like whatever it is that relates to your life. And the, the course isn't about learning about the intrusive thoughts in the mind part of things. It's about nervous system. But she was saying what's beneficial to realize is that a lot of your thoughts are stemming from the nervous system state that you are in. So for example, when we're in that calm parasympathetic state, that rest and digest state, we feel very capable, able, our prefrontal cortex is online. We're able to actually think logically and come up with solutions to situations that if we were in other states, such as like sympathetic, which is fight or flight, which is where the racing thoughts come in and fast and you're feeling overwhelmed and you get angry and you get overwhelmed and frustrated. Like, where you wouldn't be able to think of a solution in that in that state and you would probably react in a way that didn't feel like the best version of you um and so on and so forth with the other states but she was saying like when you can learn how to regulate yourself with somatic based tools so like and again finding what works for you what doesn't like meditation breath work um going for walks like movement stretching tapping all of these things and you can like use these things consistently enough to bring yourself back to a place of safety in an easier way as you practice them you feel like you can respond to situations more and feel as though you're actually in the driver's seat than allowing your emotions to be the ones in the driver's seat um, and that was also another journey that I've been on for the last couple of months is like getting in the driver's seat of my shit and being able to actually regulate myself so I could respond in ways that I wanted to and to literally be in that adult version of myself where I felt like I could make choices that made sense for what I want and who I am and all of these things. Um, and it's funny because we were talking about this, like when you can, well, I think we were talking about this, when you can get yourself into that higher energy, ener energetic state, you start to attract those things. And like, I feel as though that's exactly what the whole like storyline with your past two relations, like the first guy and the second guy, I feel like your energetic state has changed or shifted in a way where you're attracting these safer people to your nervous system and people that make you feel good.
Yeah, no, and also to elaborate or, you know, branch off something you said earlier too about relationships and why they're so hard. I meant to touch upon this earlier and I forgot, but they are so challenging because they present us opportunities to grow. Like really, I'm a firm believer that every relationship we kind of have is a mirror of who we are and our like deepest internal state, right? And so when we experience someone who maybe triggers us, it's an opportunity for us to grow, to turn inwards and be like, all right, what the fuck's happening in me that is reacting to this external stimuli, right? And that's what makes it so hard because a lot of times if you don't have the awareness around it, you will constantly blame the other person that you're spending time with being like, why are you making me feel like this? And you can end up fostering this victim mentality, right? Of like, you're doing this. This is your fault that I feel this way and so on and so forth. And that's not to say that your emotions are not valid or that you can, like other people can't cause you pain. Of course they can, but it's also up to you to heal those internal wounds and to heal your triggers so that you're not so reactive to these situations. And nervous system regulation is just a great way to do that because when you can tap into, you know, activating that parasympathetic nervous response and calming that part of you that needs to be calm, it allows you to respond to situations from such a more grounded place where you can see things more objectively rather than from a place of just pure emotion because those emotions blind us and they prevent us from making rational logical decisions about things and so when we take the time to slow down calm ourselves ground ourselves and do the things that make our soul essentially feel at ease it just allows us to maneuver through relationships obstacles you know work whatever it may be just every area of life from a more objective place where we can see things for what they are rather than what our ego or our emotions are telling us that they are yeah and hopefully this episode like allows that ability for you to find the awareness or at least to start looking inward at you know what am i able to control you know what are some parts of me that are coming up in situations what situations are triggering to me um, it's definitely a lot of work and it's definitely a journey, but it's very rewarding when you're able to feel like you truly are in control of all the different aspects of your life and that there is a solution to almost all your problems. And one thing that you had said to me last week was there's just a decision, right? Like it's just it, like you simplified what I was going through in terms of just like not invalidating in any way, but literally just being like, there's two situations and it's just a decision that, you know, taking that next step and taking that decision, which was super helpful for me. But yeah, it's, it's really nice when you can get into that parenting adult higher self and be able to make decisions from that. It's really, really rewarding. Um, and I know you help a lot of people with that too, like with the work that you do. Yeah, so for everyone listening to this episode today, as you kind of navigate and maneuver through this upcoming week and just the days ahead, and if you experience any triggering situations, allow yourself to slow down, turn inwards, and ask yourself who's present, as Sarah was saying. you know, Ask yourself what part of you is 
showing up in this moment? Is it your higher self or is it your ego? Is it your past experiences being projected out onto the moment in front of you that's warping your perception, that's causing you to have this strong emotional response? Or is it your higher self that's coming from this place of acceptance or understanding or intuition that's allowing you to just accept this situation for what it is? So as you kind of maneuver through this upcoming week, take time to just recognize who's showing up for you, which part of you is showing up in each moment and navigate a little bit differently. If you're noticing your ego showing up more, try to separate yourself from the situation at hand and offer yourself whatever it is that you need in that moment so that you can operate from your higher self rather than your ego. And also, before we kind of wrap up today, I want to also put out a little reminder that Sarah and I are hosting a retreat in Costa Rica in October of 2024. Uh, the dates are October 15th through the 20th. We will be doing some really fun excursions through waterfalls, um, organic farms, cacao plantations, and doing a lot of guided meditative forest therapy walks, um, rainforest night walks, and we'll also be hosting um, excuse me, workshops. I'll be leading one on the art of letting go, and Sarah will be leading one on nervous system regulation, which you will learn so much in both of those workshops that if you want to come to Costa Rica, like going for those alone would make it so worth it. And everything is included in the price total minus flights. So we will link that in the show notes for you, but we would love to see you there. And we encourage you to book it sooner rather than later while the early bird prices last. Yeah. And if you guys have any questions about anything we talked about today or anything about the retreat, you can message Audrey. We'll put all of our, all of our many, many Instagram handles. <laughs> at the link uh, in the show notes. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening today. And hopefully Audrey and I will be a little bit more on like a schedule with yeah. out. Um, but thank you for being here today. And yeah, we really appreciate you. And we hope that whenever we have these conversations, there's something that you feel you can take away from um, and apply into your world. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.